there's a new approach to leadership being cultivated that is rooted in fierce compassion, authenticity, and a collective spirit. It's the New Age Leadership Model, and Gabrielle G.B. Blackwell is at the forefront of it. Our conversation covered the importance of honouring yourself, practising gratitude, and how to cope with the ever-changing landscape of life and work. I really hope you enjoy this episode of Sales is Mental. Hey, Gabrielle, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Hey, James, thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, I, as I say, I appreciate you taking the time. We've had a couple of conversations before this call to kind of talk through things that I wanted to cover today. I know you have a ton of experience as someone who's worked as like an individual contributor in sales orgs and now as a leader in a sales org. So yeah, excited to dive into things. And I know we discussed as like a jumping off point, I think, especially at the moment for a lot of salespeople, like there's a lot of talk about the market and are we in a recession and what's going on and so on. And so we touched a little bit on the idea of kind of honoring yourself from where you're at, which I think applies in any context, whether the market's like great or a little bit tough, but I'd love to understand from your side, when you spoke to that idea in our first conversation, like what does that idea of honoring yourself mean to you? Ooh, um, I think for me, when I think about honoring myself, it's really a practice of self-acceptance. And this can take many different kinds of forms. So one example, in the past, I let's say I woke up in the morning and I just wasn't really feeling all that great. And I was like, you know what? Mind over matter, power mm-hmm. through. Uh, yes, I could do that maybe one day, two days. But then what I would start to recognize, it would have lingering impacts later on for me. So what I started to do instead was to recognize that I'm not always going to be okay. I'm going to honor myself in the moment. I'm going to know that at some point in time it will stop and Mm -hmm. I will get to a better place. The only way that I can really get to that better place though, is to honor where I'm at right this very second Mm -hmm. through accepting where I'm at and, and, and approaching myself and what I need in that moment versus trying to kind of force myself or to like coerce myself <laughs> into being something that I'm not. Definitely. So I, like that's that's really what I mean by like honoring myself. It can show up in other ways, such as um, whether it's a work style or whether, you know, if, if some people, they do better in an office, some people do better at home. I think it really comes down to knowing yourself and more importantly, accepting yourself and mm-hmm. where you are and how you are and then creating the systems to like really be able to support who you are and how you are, or maybe more importantly, like who you want to be and how you want to be. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you sharing that. And I think you touch on such a great point there. And that idea of like, by honoring yourself and where you're at on a day, to me, it's how certainly in the past for myself, I found I struggled with burnout with that sense of like, oh, I have to be this way. Mm. Like I'd create these, this kind of framework of expectations for myself. Yep. And then would just not be able to sustain them. Like, oh, every day I've got to do these things. And to your point, I think we touched a bit on it, even in terms of things like sales activities. Like some days it's going to be harder to get through those calls or those emails. And I'd be curious from your point of view, as you transitioned from an individual contributor into a more leadership role, like how do you go about, I guess, like helping the reps that you work with in honoring themselves. Cause I know that you work with a lot of people who are 
relatively new to sales or even brand new to it? Like, is um, that something that you try and speak to them about or, or kind yeah, of give um, them some tips on? Yeah, I, I was in a conversation recently and as for people who are in a leadership position, I think it's incredibly important that we lead by example. And so the first thing that is very helpful to be able to do that is to first and foremost, demonstrate those behaviors. So for me, it's not so much that I'll, I'll go to someone and go, Hey, are you honoring yourself today? <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't start off that way, but it could be like, there are times I was joking around with one of my, uh, with some of my reps earlier today. And I was like, you know, there's some days where I really thought that I could be productive. And mm-hmm. I realized an hour or two in, like, I am, I'm out of it. My head hurts, my eyes hurt something. Right. Like, and so I just share with my team, like, Hey team, I'm, I'm honestly feeling really out of it today. I'm going to take the day off. Um, if you really like, you know, if it's an emergency or whatever, ping the other manager. And so I'll like, I've already let her know that I'm out. So like any questions that you have, please reach out to her. Otherwise I'll see y'all tomorrow. And mm-hmm. so I believe that in me demonstrating that of like, oh, here's GB. She's taking her care of herself first and foremost. She's recognizing when she's hit her limits and she's taking corrective action to do that. That mm-hmm. sends invitation to everybody else to go. It's okay to do that. Now, some people will see that invitation, but they still might feel like, wow, I, I don't know if I can, like GB's a manager, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's times that we'll just talk about it. And so in a one-on-one setting, it starts off in asking someone like, hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? And I also think that it's important to, uh, over time to make sure as a leader, as a manager, you're taking the time to really get to know your people, uh, like, you know, their stories, uh, where they want to go. But I also think just seeing them for how they are and who they are in that moment. So for me, there are times where I'm in a meeting with someone or, uh, yeah, I'm in a meeting with someone, whether it's over zoom or in person, and I could just tell like they're burnt, they're mm. their energy is much lower. They're much quieter than they usually have been. And so I'll simply ask the question. I'm like, Hey, James, like, how are you doing? They'll go, Oh, I'm fine. And I'll go just fine. Mm. And like, yeah, everything's okay. Okay. Like, Hey, like what's going on. And over time they'll probably say, and you know, I'm, 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 I'm honestly GB. I'm feeling, feeling pretty tired right now. And I'll go, okay. Sounds like you're pretty tired. Like, well, do you need to take some time off? Well, that's not like, Hey, is, is that what you need? And they'll go, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z. And then I'll have to remind them and go, Hey, how about you just rest? Like, elite athletes rest kobe bryant rested right mm-hmm. he saw sleep as such an important part of his game so i was like i need you to be at your absolute best right now this is not where you're at potentially rest will help you get you there so let's let's take the day come back and let me know how you feel afterwards and most of the time they come back and they go gb thank you so much so mm-hmm. i think it's one setting an example two asking people how they're doing And three, really seeing people and giving them the invitation, maybe extending that invitation two or three times to go, do you need, do you need to do something to really honor yourself in this morning that does not include making more calls? Definitely. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such a great way of, of phrasing it as well, to your point, like, how are you? And then when they'll say, oh, I'm fine or I'm okay, or yeah, pretty good. And I find, yeah, as soon as you kind of double click on that um, to use, I guess, a sales phrase, but like finding 
out really how someone is like how are you and then asking like how are you really because yeah. I think it's that thing at work there's that sense of like oh, I need to show up and I need to bring my best self and I need to like present this kind of sometimes it almost feels like a front and it's almost better to your point like maybe yeah if you have one day and you need to take that time off Mm-hmm. that day or those few hours that you take off whatever morning that might be you could still be just as productive over like a five hour period versus an eight hour period and you get yeah. through what you need to and I think it's that thing to your point about I love that like Kobe Bryant like analogy that you spoke to in the idea of rest because it's that thing of like that's what allows you that kind of consistency I guess to yeah. to perform at the level that you want to often in our world I feel like it's less about having those like, oh, I made a hundred calls today and then 10 the following day and mm. it's 500 emails this week. And then like 20 the next week. That's obviously. Yeah. Extreme, yeah. I'd, I'd rather probably see like 35, 40, 45, 30, you know, like, yeah, we're able to be consistent. And yes, there's going to be some days where it's a lot, but I'm uh, yeah. Like the days that I had a hundred, a hundred dial days, and I'm not talking about through a power dialer. I mm. was fit. It means I talked to nobody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just like a full blown day of nothingness. I'm like, wow, this was a bust. So yeah, nice. There, there have definitely been times too where I was just out of it, and I ended up doing a uh, horror job at my job in that place. So I was like, wow, like I, I completely muffed up like two, like two cold calls, and. And then I remember my my colleague and my boss were like, stop calling people and go take a walk. Mm. I was like, no. And then yeah. I finally did. Like, one, like my coworker like yelled at me. And she's like, you've bombed two calls already. Get out of here. And Definitely. I went out for a walk. And I was like, oh, the sun is nice. Like, we're outside. Like, life is going to be perfectly fine, even if I don't make these cold calls. Like, everything will be perfectly fine exactly yeah maybe today's an emailing day yeah exactly (laughs) yeah your career is not gonna burn down or like yeah yeah, the company isn't and I think on that note I love what you touched on there about like oh it's a beautiful day or the sun shining or something and that was the next thing that I wanted to speak to you about that we discussed is the importance of gratitude and I think in general like it's such a powerful tool for kind of your mindset at work and I'd love to understand, like when we spoke about it, how you kind of try and practice gratitude in your own working life and in your life generally, and then how your team does as well. Yeah, I remember I came across, it must have been on an Instagram reel or some sort. And Mm -hmm. there was this guy and he had bought this like fancy white suit and he goes out to somewhere and someone like spilled wine on his suit or something like that, this beautiful Mm. white suit. And he recognized he had a couple options. He could be absolutely peeved off. But what mm-hmm. he realized, he goes, he's like, he he was upset. But then he's like, wow, I, he's like, how lucky am I to have been able to afford such a nice white suit that I would actually be upset if I got a stain on it, right? And I remember uh, I, I, I bought a car shortly after that time that I saw this video and um, and somebody like, hit the side of my car and it was kind of like a hit and run kind of thing and I remember like feeling a lot of anxiety about it I was like oh man but then I was like you know what Gabrielle like I would have not ever would have never imagined that I could have afforded to buy a car a year ago so I had to take this moment and go wow like I 
I'm in a position where I can actually afford to complain about somebody scratching my car. Like that's just, like, look how far I've come. I'm so grateful. And so I think that it's not a matter of like being toxically positive and saying like everything is great and whatever. But I do find that there are things that I used to really, really struggle with that I am now able to overcome so easily. And I just have to go like, wow, I'm so appreciative of the experiences that I've had that have helped me to move past this. And so mm-hmm. I'm also a very spiritual person. And what I mean by that is like, I feel like I've got like all my angels around me and like mm-hmm. good things keep on happening. And so I also feel like I'm a, I'm a big believer in kind of like what, like whatever, however you're oriented internally is like what you will attract to yourself. So I, I'm, I'm very much like, if all I ever do is I just resent my entire world, then I'm only going to get things that I resent. So I'm like, hey, if I practice gratitude, like if I'm constantly looking for like really good things in my life, like even if it's the worst day of my life, I can go, you know what? This was the worst day of my life. And yet nonetheless, I'm still here. Like mm. I I somehow found a way to make it to my bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if it was the absolute worst day possible. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I'm alive, that I have my body, that I have my mind, that I have my sanity, like that I have a mother who calls me and a grandmother who answers my phone calls. Like I have so, like I have an abundance of things to be grateful for in my life. And right now is only a moment and then more good stuff happens to me. And I go, thank you, angels. Like Mm. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. And so I just find that I, and practicing gratitude, it just begets more opportunities for me to be grateful for. Um, and I really, I think I really started to practice this. It took a while, but it was like a four year mm. practice. But now I'm like, I, I think about like, oh, I think it'd be really nice to have this thing or experience this thing or have this conversation with this very specific person. And it's like within 24 hours, I get it. And all I can do is go, wow, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it, it sounds very, woo. I mean, it is very woo. I'm a hippie dippy witch lady, but I, I, I just find that life gets more and more beautiful the more and more I look for the beauty in life. Yeah, I love that. That's such a great way of putting it. And I think to your point, regardless of what your belief system is, whether you're religious or not, or whatever you decide to practice or not practice, I think whatever lens you come at it from, the more that you can feel that kind of glass half full sense and kind of pay things forward i think to your point there's something very real yeah. about that sense of like the energy that you put out into the world yeah. kind of comes back to you yeah because again i don't even know if it's glass half full right but mm. I'm, i just know i i really made a decision um and i and i will say it's i think it's easier said than done like it took a lot of work to get to this point mm. i remember my grandfather he gave me this piece of advice he goes gabrielle you have to decide who you're going to be and then be it Mm. And so whatever the situation is that I'm in, I always know that I have a choice. Like, even if I don't like my choices, I always have a choice. And I always have a choice to engage in the situation, um, being the person that I want to be. So I'm like, all right, maybe it's it's not a great situation. I, I got into an argument with someone, whatever, like something happened to really irritate me. And I'll ask myself the question, like, who do I wish to be in the situation? Do I want to be a person who lets this moment overtake me? Or do I want to be a person who comes out the other side knowing better? And like, what does it take for me to be that person that I want to be? Definitely. Right. So um, I, I think it really just, it, for me, like it all just comes down to that. And so for me, I have decided 
to be the person whose life continually gets better. And so I orient my, like my, uh, uh, I orient my, my beliefs and my thoughts Mm -hmm. in a way that supports that. So I'm like, that's what's going to make my whole world. That's like, that's how I'll be able to create that world. But if I don't believe I can have that, then I never will have it. Definitely. I love that. And I think it's so important as well to recognize that, I guess, if you can anchor your kind of belief system or values or just outlook, I guess, to to life around those things, it's much easier the more you practice it to bring that into every aspect. Like, I think it's a very real thing. Like, I've struggled with it at times where I feel like the way I move through life outside of work is maybe different to how the way I move through work. Mm. Like, a And I think that the more that you realize that if you can just apply the same systems to everything, like if you keep coming with that same mindset. So I'd be curious from your point of view now in a kind of leadership role, like how do you encourage your your team on that side of things to maybe see the upside? Because I think it's very easy. Like I'm an individual contributor and sometimes I find myself slipping into like, oh, there's this against me and there's that against me. Mm -hmm. So how do you maybe approach those conversations when maybe one of your reps is finding it hard to see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel? Cause it's always there, but sometimes yeah. it takes someone else to see it. I was introduced to this concept of, uh, the, the cycle, the circles of, um, of, uh, of concern and the, and, or the spheres of concern and control. Mm-hmm. So, um, and where those two intersect or overlap, like that's the zone of focus. Mm -hmm. So I always try and remind people to focus on the things that are in their control and the things that they're concerned about Mm -hmm. and, and to stay there. I'm like, normally when we start focusing on things that are not of our concern, but they're in our control, like it's, it's a distraction, Mm. right? It's like, Hey, like this is actually distracting you away from the things that you that like actually matter to you. You're spending perfectly good energy on fruitless efforts, mm-hmm. right? So stop it. Like, or like literally just like let it go. But then there are things that are outside of our control that we're really concerned about, especially like uh, uh, quotas or territories or the, like if it's an SDR, like the AE that they're paired with or whatever mm-hmm. rules of engagement there are these things that it's like, yes, you're concerned about it, but you have zero control over it. Let that ride out, mm-hmm. right? Like if it's as bad as you think it is, okay, like let's actually identify what it is. Like I'll go very logical with people. I'm like, all right, what is the real concern here? Oh, you're afraid that you can't hit quota or that you're not going to get promoted. What would actually keep you from being able to accomplish those things? Oh, you're you're worried that these three or four things are going to happen. Well, how about this? Let's actually set up a um, a way to measure. Like, let's identify what are the key performance indicators that would let you know that you're moving in the right direction or that we're moving on the wrong direction. And like, let's actually create a plan bef- like before anything bad happens so that you'll know mm. exactly what to do and it's all in your control. So mm. I always find them of like, you might have, like, it's like, I just remind them, like, focus on the things that are in your control and that are in your concern and if you do that really great and things still are awry, it's not your fault. That's mine. So how about that? Right. But like, I need you to focus on the things that you have control over. And I just need you to please trust me that I will take care of everything else. Yeah. So there's a lot of times that I will like share that with people. Um, 
I think there's also sometimes that I have to share some perspective and go like, hey, like there are times where things happen at a company and it doesn't seem very fair or whatever. And nonetheless, I'll just have to go, you know what? Hey, y'all, at the end of the day, this is what it is. However we feel about it, it's still going to be the same. Mm-hmm. But again, who do you wish to be in the situation? Like, this is where you get to answer that question. There's going to come a time in the future where you're going to be going after a job mm. that you want so bad mm-hmm. that you know you are uniquely qualified for. And they're yeah. going to ask you a question, James. And they're yeah. going to say, tell me about a time company made a decision that you did not agree with. How did you respond? And this yeah. is how you answer the question right now. Yeah. So you tell me. Are you going to be that person who aces that question and gets the opportunity of your dreams? Or are you mm-hmm. going to be the person who completely drops the ball here and shows up as a, like, and I'll be honest with people and shows up as a victim. You tell yeah. me who you want to be and nobody wants to be a victim. Yeah. I think it's such a good way of framing it. And to your point, like your future self is going to thank you at that point for, for making that call or that decision and saying, Like, yeah, I'm just going to like, this is what it is. And I love that idea of kind of relinquishing control. And it's something that comes back to like, I'm a big fan of like the serenity prayer. And I love the idea of like accepting the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And I think that's the most powerful piece, like recognizing like in any walk of life, whether it's your professional life or personal life, like what do I really have control over? Because especially in sales, it's so relational. It's so between yeah. two parties that you have no control over what someone says, what they want to do, yeah. their budget, et cetera, et cetera. You can only go about, I guess, kind of orientating around that. And that, I guess, leads me into the last thing that I wanted to cover before we wrap up here, which is that idea of like evolving structures. And we talked a little bit about this in terms of things changing, whether it's like market conditions or people or leadership. Um, But I'd love to get your perspective on how you kind of help yourself mentally when there is change happening or there's something new or even, yeah, some of the things you shared with me about like where you're at and what your company's doing or whatever it might be. How do you kind of approach those evolving structures so you're not I guess, too rigid in your thinking and then you can't handle the change when it comes. Yeah, I, I'm trying, I was like, oh, I think I have a three-part process, but who knows, it might be five. So I'm yeah, it could evolve. Yeah, <laughs> it could evolve. I, I think there are times where things, yeah, there's like a big change and I'm like, I think there's a first part of honoring myself and accepting where I'm at. There are some changes that I've seen be put into place and I'm familiar with it. Like I, mm-hmm. I know what to look for and I know what to do. And so at that point in time, I just know, all right, right now is really about enabling my team to be as resilient as possible, right? Like mm-hmm. that's one way. Now there are times where things happen or things change or there's decisions that I that I need to make that are I know are gonna be very, very difficult. And so for me, what I really try to do is I don't want to say like insulate myself from what's going on, but I really try to offer myself as much grace. And I really try to surround myself with like as much encouragement as possible. And what this can look like is one, in terms of like offering myself grace, it means like maybe admitting what I don't know that I need to go and know 
And so mm -hmm. that can look like maybe I just need, like, if I don't know what I'm doing, it just means that I need to go learn. So I, I, I know like for me, one of my best strengths is I, I can go and learn some things. I'm very resourceful. So I'll go and find information. I'll research, I'll talk to people, I'll reach out to my network. Um, so that could be one form of it. Uh, maybe I need to go and find a coach, for example. And I just recognize that like, this is not the end of me. It's maybe just the beginning of some, something new that I wasn't aware of. So I think I also try to reframe quite a bit. Um, I think that's another part of offering myself grace. Um, and then in terms of like finding ways to really kind of like create this bubble of like encouragement for myself or giving myself like something to look forward to is, um, you know, I, I try to connect with folks who have maybe been in that environment before and who can offer up a lot of perspective. And that way I don't feel like I'm so alone. And I think that's like, honestly, I think that's where people get like stuck. That's where I felt very stuck a lot of times. I always felt like I was so alone on things and yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm the only one. And then I start to realize like, actually this is super normal what I'm experiencing right now. And so I can just learn from other people. Um, That might mean also like, I'm going to go talk to my grandma because my grandma always lifts me up and I'm like, you know, like I have, I have something to like kind of look forward to. And she kind of reminds me to keep on going. Um, there are, there are also times like within work where I can share with my boss or whomever else it is and just say, Hey, like, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's what's working well. Here's where I'm really getting stuck. How would you recommend I go about like, like what, what can I do next to help myself out? Um, and I think after the fact, again, I, th I really think it comes down to reframing the situation of, uh, nothing is happening to me. I think I heard this one from Eckhart Tolle and he's like, mm -hmm. approach situations as if you had chosen for this to happen mm -hmm. so it's weird because sometimes i'm like i don't i don't know if that's the most appropriate thing to think about for every situation but i'm like a lot of times in the corporate setting i'm like if i choose to approach the situation from a point of view that like oh i chose for this to happen it's like all right this must be the next part of my development the next part of my learning and I'm, I'm going to now be able to like ace this the next time it comes to me. And I can't wait for the next challenge. Like that's, that's the person that I want to be. So it's also, again, like just coming back to choosing who do I wish to be in the situation and then being that person. Definitely. I love that perspective. And I think to what you're speaking to as well, outside of resourcing from your friends or your family or colleagues who you're close to and feel comfortable with. I think that other piece about mentorship and seeking out advice, because yeah. I think to your point, you're getting those lessons in real life. And sometimes at work, you're being taught something or in life, you're being taught something that you don't have a good answer to, or you haven't experienced before. And as you say, if you can go and seek out people who have been in those situations, regardless of context, work or otherwise, like, that can be such a powerful way of learning things, but also people, I think once they've been through something, they have those lessons and they have that level of perspective of maybe yeah. they're now like six months removed from that thing that you're now going through. Yeah. So they also have that like extra six months of like, I've really had a chance to digest this. I've really learned from it. Here's some other things that I didn't even think of. And yeah. those things can be such a powerful way of, yeah, understanding how to approach change and because it will always happen, right? Like always nothing happen. was going to stay the same. It's so helpful to have perspective. And I think that's where like the mentorship and community comes in so much is again, you just recognize that you're not alone in things. 
and I'm gonna I'll share one more thing as well on on this point. It just kind of like came to me a little bit, but yeah. I think there's I'm I'm something that I recognized early on in my leadership journey was the power of my words. Like when I'm in a management position, if I say something, like it gets taken way more seriously than like yeah. if I'm in a position. So I think one of the things I've I've come to recognize is that there's a lot of power in our words as well. So um, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, some of the most powerful words that I can say is I need help. Mm. I think a lot of people are scared to admit that. I bet you if I made a LinkedIn post and said, I need help, I'll at least 20 people would go, what's going on? Like I would get help. Like I think people want to help. So in situations that seem like overwhelming or distressing or whatever else it is and confusing, there's a lot of change. It just seems like there's a lot of ambiguity. I think there's something so powerful in just saying exactly what you need. Like, yeah. like I walk my dogs and I'm like, okay, whatever you believe in. Like for me, I'm like, all right, I believe my angels are around me. I have the universe. And so I just literally just say what I need. I'm like, Hey, I really need this thing or, Hey, please guide me along the way. And whether I'm saying that out loud to the clouds or I'm saying that to my boss, like I, in by virtue of me expressing like what it is that I'm really needing. And maybe I say, I need some clarity. I need some help. I don't know what that looks like, but please help me. Hmm. 99.9999% of the time I've gotten what I needed, but it required me to actually say, I need help. And I think it's totally okay to say, I need help. And I don't know what that help looks like. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I think it's such a great point and a really nice way of, I guess, wrapping up the conversation. Cause I agree. It's something that I even, I was talking to my therapist about this last week and he was saying like, have you ever said like, I can't handle this or mm. I can't do this. Like, have you actually like said that to yourself? And in because in my head, I'm always fighting against that sense of like that voice of doubt, whatever you want to call it, the little like demon on your shoulder that's like, hey, you can't do this. So you're not worthy of this or whatever. But again, it's that idea, I guess, of like relinquishing control over like I, I can't control all of this stuff and I can't handle it all. And that's totally normal. Yeah. But it's not normalized in a setting where to your point, like I found it even when I post these episodes on LinkedIn and things, or I've spoken to something I'm struggling with, people will always want to help. I think we're like hardwired as humans in that kind of community mindset that we have. Like we're social creatures on varying scales. Some people are super social, some people less so, but I think everyone values that sense of someone being able to help you out. And then sometimes they'll help you in a way that maybe it's just giving you clarity on like, oh, I really appreciate that offer, but that now I know that's actually not what I need, but thank you for like giving me that help to better understand the help that I do need. Yeah. I think there's this like curse of, we have to have it all figured out and figuring it out means that we do it by ourselves. And so even to the piece of saying like, Hey, like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm worthy of like not knowing how to do this. I'm like, sometimes I also have to remind myself of like, I am worthy of getting help. Like yeah. I'm not above getting help. No. It has nothing, I was like the most successful people I've ever met in my life, I mean, not just successful in terms of business success, but I mean, like in life in general, mm -hmm. great relationships with their family, great relationships with their friends have done very, very well in business, have multiple streams of income, have a high quality of life. Mm -hmm. Like they have an entire ecosystem built around them. 
that includes many, 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 many people. They cannot do it by themselves. So um, again, like I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm like religious or I, I subscribe to any one specific like belief system, but mm-hmm. I got raised in a very strong Christian tradition. And there is like some Bible verse and I'm paraphrasing, but it says like, man is not meant to be alone. Like, like mm. man does not do well alone. Yeah. That's ancient wisdom. Okay. Yeah. So like, I, I, I would say it, it kind of contradicts maybe the like lone wolf capitalistic, like that example of how success is done. But I'm like, if you actually study the people who are successful and their whole scope of life. And I think also if you ask yourself the question, who do I wish to be as well? Like for me, I'm like, I want to be very successful in my career, but I also want to go to every single sports game when I have kids. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I want to be super present. So I, and I go, I'm deserving of having every single one of my desires and wants and wishes fulfilled. And it's going to be absolutely amazing. And I am so committed to like, however it looks like to get there, including getting as much help as I need to get there. Definitely. Now I'll have a whole crew of people to celebrate with. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. You don't like, I, it's that funny phrase of like, it's lonely at the top, but I think it's that sense of like, if you bring people with you, then you enjoy being able to celebrate it. Well, I so appreciate this conversation, you taking time out of your day to, to discuss these things with me. Um, yeah, it's been so fascinating to learn kind of how you approach your role both in the world of sales, but more broadly. Um, and I think, yeah, there's a ton of takeaways for, for people to get from this in, in terms of mindset and how they approach their day to day, both on the days where you feel like you're really like present and with it and on the days where things are a little bit tougher. So thank you so much for, yeah, joining me and and taking some of your time to, to talk through these things. Yeah. Thank you, James. These are great questions, great conversations. And so, yeah, I'm going to spend some time reflecting. So I appreciate you.